Hey, this is Holden Kushner. Be sure to check out my new podcast, the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angle on all Denver teams, all angles. If you're from Denver or a fan of Denver or Colorado or just a fan of Denver sports teams or a fan of betting in general, and you want to become a sharper better, well, this is the podcast for you. So subscribe, follow, and listen to the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. That's right. It's Holden with Vison, the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. So, some Broncos to talk about today. Some nuggets to talk about today because Jokic, finally, I'm starting to hear a little bit of chatter about him going back-to-back MVP. A lot of season left, but we'll discuss these two things with both Nate Kreckman from Altitude 92.5, my weekly Wednesday guest, and my other weekly Wednesday guest, Ian St. Clair from PlayColorado.com. Run down a little bit of the sports betting news here in Colorado, but also touch on the topics of the day. And... This is a betting show first, so let's go look at some lines. We'll talk about the playoffs, the path to the playoffs, and Teddy Talks. We'll get one more thought out of me on the Teddy Bridgewater giving up on a play situation. So, we'll start with this. If you look at Bet Rivers right now, the Broncos season win total is 8.5. It's now 8.5. So, this thing has vacillated a little bit. You could have seen it at 8.5 right around even money. And this was after week five. Now, ooh, this is shaded heavily to the under. So the Broncos win total eight and a half games. Going over that would be plus 150. So you're getting a nice return. If you bet $10, you're getting $15 back on the win. So you're actually getting $25 back if you put $10 down because you get your $10 back. Anyways, I made that a lot more confusing than it should be. Uh, the under at minus 190, you're laying almost two to one to get this. There's just no value there, even though it doesn't really look like the Broncos are going to be able to get to those four wins. So let's look at the next number, the Broncos to make the playoffs. Yes, plus 275. So even if they get to that nine win plateau, probably going to have a tough time getting into the playoffs. But plus 275, you put that $10 down, you're getting 2750 down. Kept 2750 back. No, minus 375 to make the playoffs. Why, why take a risk? Why take a risk that the Broncos could actually, you know, win four games, end up nine and eight? Who knows? Everybody else is collapsing around them. Minus 375 just makes no sense. How about to win the AFC West? Plus 1,200, you're getting 12 to 1. You put $10 down, you get 120 back. $100, you're getting 1,200 back. To win the AFC West, oof, plus 1,200. Those are the worst odds in the division. KC, who was at plus money going back to a couple of weeks ago, now at minus 110 to win the division. The Chargers, who I hopped on at 4 to 1 earlier in the season, now at plus 160, and the Raiders at plus 900, so that's 9-1. to one. So let's talk about each of these. First of all, how do the, the Broncos get to nine wins to go over the 8.5? It's going to be tough because they need to go 4-3 and three to get to that nine wins. They've got the Chargers two times, they have the Chiefs two times, 
And they got another game against the Raiders. And boy, that loss to the Raiders the first time. Absolutely unacceptable. But it happened. It was a bad loss, too. Bad, bad loss. In more ways than one. You got five more division games coming up, though. And if they can figure out to win how to win three of those fives and go three and two, then they're going to have a legitimate shot of getting to the nine wins because the other two games will be the Lions at home. And I'm not saying anything's a layup here, but boy, this Lions team is just about as bad as it gets. They might not win a game this season. They could legitimately go 0-16-1, and they couldn't beat Mason Rudolph last week. They ended up in a tie. Of course, they missed a field goal late. And these are the horrible things that happened to the Detroit Lions and their fans. How about the Bengals? They got the Bengals at home. Bengals a good football team. I think I think they're really they really are a good football team. With Jill Burrow defensively, they've come along. They've taken a step back in run defense, but ultimately that's a team that'll battle for the postseason. So, the four home games: Lions, Bengals, Chiefs, Chargers. How many of those games can they win? Can they beat the Chiefs? I suppose it's possible division game. And I really don't think that Kansas City has turned the corner yet. I'm not ready to say that Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs are this juggernaut again. And the question being, why? Why are they not a juggernaut? They're coming off a great win, national television. Well, I think what we saw there was just an abhorrent game plan by the Raiders. Every single defense that the Chiefs have faced since they've gone into this offensive funk, those defenses have put two safeties deep so Mahomes can't beat them over the top. Well... Oh, the Raiders, just such an amazing defense. So talented, so brilliant. They decided to go cover three. Let's not worry about these guys beating us over the top. Guess what happened? They got beat over the top. And Mahomes had some time. Mahomes was patient. And ultimately, I think Kansas City still has to prove that they can beat a team that does go with the two deep safeties for me to completely buy into them. This has been a great win. That was a great win by them. Again, national television against the Raiders. Defensively, it looks like they're starting to show up a little bit more. Better tackling, better against the run. But ultimately, I want to see how Mahomes in this offense, did they really get their swagger back when they face a defense that is not going to be stupid? It was just stupid. It was a stupid game plan. Hey, we're going to do what we do best, and it's going to be better than what Patrick Mahomes can do. No, I don't care how bad Patrick Mahomes has been this year. You're not going to beat them the way you think you're going to beat them. And they didn't beat them. We'll see if they do it again the next time they play them. But the Broncos' path to the playoffs, division winner, wild card. These are the two ways that they can go. They are heavy dogs to win the division at 12 to 1. They are pretty heavy dogs to make the playoffs at plus 275. And their win total of getting over is still plus 150. So not bad odds if you think that they're going to get there. But as far as winning the division, I think it is Kansas City 1, the Chargers 2, the Raiders at plus 900. To me, there's just too much going on, and we're starting to see that take a toll on them. And I addressed this on Monday. It's just, it looks like they're getting run down. So they need to go a minimum of 4 to th- four and 3 to have any shot. Can they beat the Chargers? Absolutely, they could take a game from the Chargers. Can they beat the Chiefs 1 out of 2 games? That might be tough to ask. Can they beat the Raiders? Absolutely. So that's two wins in the division. That means they'd have to beat the Lions and they'd have to beat the Bengals. To me, this is an eight-win team right now. 
going under at minus 190 makes no sense to me. It's just, it's, the juice is too heavy. If you consistently bet one minus 190, you're going to have to get, you know, three right, three out of four right to really make money consistently. It's just too much juice. Don't do it. Stay, stay patient and stay vigilant to your rules. Now, if you're fine betting minus 190 consistently and you're a winning better, please hit me up on Twitter at Holden Radio because I want to know how you do it. To make the playoffs, probably not. Minus 375 is not worth it. You think they win four games, though. Maybe they win a tiebreaker. There's seven teams that get into the playoffs. Maybe, just maybe. All right. You can hit a plus 275. I wouldn't hate you. I'm not going to do it. And then to win the division, listen, if you're not still sold on Kansas City, then there is a path to them winning the division. I don't think it happens. I think it's a small chance that it happens. But in order to do that, again, you're going to have to win the next three games in the division or three of these games. You're going to have to go three and three. You're going to have to beat the Chargers. You might have to beat the Chiefs twice. You're going to have to beat the Raiders. So plus 1,200 to win the AFC West. I don't think any of these bets are really good bets at this point unless you think that Kansas City has turned a corner. And if you think Kansas City has turned a corner, then this is the last time you're going to get them this close to even money. If you don't think they turned a corner and they're going to get smoked or beaten by the Cowboys this week, make sure to lay off this bet and see if you can get Kansas City at even or even slightly plus money next week. Okay, topic number two, Teddy Talks. I just have one final couple of minutes Thoughts on Sunday's loss to the Eagles and Teddy's play. Plenty of reasons for the loss. They couldn't stop the run. They were 1 of 11 on third down. Melvin Gordon fumbled. This team is consistently awful in the red zone. Watch the tape this week. Just so many times, even on that final drive, just wide open guys in the end zone. Teddy's throwing it out of bounds. So a lot of different reasons for that. This is a complete 180 from what we saw two weeks ago. Because two weeks ago, I told you, hey, they won this game. They weren't supposed to win the game. They weren't supposed to beat the the Cowboys. And guarded optimism that maybe, just maybe, they could pull out a win against the Eagles. And it didn't happen. So let's talk about Teddy Bridgewater and the ole on Darius Slay. By the way, Darius Slay had something to say. He goes, I went up to Teddy after the game. I said, bro, were you trying to tackle me? He said, Slay, you know I can't tackle you. Vic Fangio called out Bridgewater in a team meeting on Monday. They said they needed, he said they needed more from their QB in that moment. Bridgewater said he totally agrees. This was some of the other things that Teddy had to say to the media earlier in the week. Yeah, um, man, we watched it today uh, as a team. And, um, you know, coach pointed it out, you know, um, that, hey, my effort had to be better there. And I, I totally agree. Um, that's not, you know, the type of take that I want to put out there, you know. And um, it's one of those situations where you, you get pissed, you know, after you watch it because it's like, you know, you know how much this game means to you. You know, you know, guys out there trying to make a play and, you know, it's like you feel like you got a little help running towards the sideline. You try to force a cutback, but in slow, in real time, in slow motion, I'm sorry, in real time, it feels like, hey, everything's happening fast. Let's force a cutback. But when you slow it down, it's like, man, you know, just give more effort. 
So, you know, you, you watch it and you, you walk away from it pissed, you know, at yourself, at the effort. You know, uh, credit Slay, he made a great play also. But, you know, it's one of those deals where, you know, we got guys diving, trying to make the tackle, you know, and I just needed to just lay it all out, you know, for the guys in that moment. All right, again, that was Teddy Bridgewater meeting the media earlier in the week on Zoom. So it really is easier for me to stomach what he did out there. At least he took accountability because I think there's a lot of players out there that would not, a lot of quarterbacks probably wouldn't take accountability. I truly believe that. Well, you know, I wasn't going to get hurt or I really was trying to force the guy one way as opposed to the other, as opposed to admitting, listen, I did not do a good job there. So... It's nice that he took accountability, but let's talk about Teddy one more time. You know, he has that great game against the Cowboys. He's taking deep shots. They've got explosive plays. It's amazing. Everything's going well. But to me, he doesn't stretch the field consistently enough to be the franchise quarterback here. He doesn't run much. He's not an RPO guy. And ultimately, he's not the answer going forward because he's an exceptional backup or a starter on a sub-500 team. Geez, where would he be a starter on a 500 team? Oh, here. So going forward in the bye week, I just talked about the chances of the Broncos getting to the playoffs. I just talked about the chances for the Broncos winning the division. And ultimately, if a miracle does not happen, here's what we're looking at in the offseason. We're looking at a new coaching staff and a new quarterback as well. Nate Kreckman. Altitude 92.5 is going to join me in just a couple of minutes. I do want to take a quick break and come back and talk about Nikola Jokic for MVP. I'll do that next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The VEASAN Midseason Football Special is here. Put the VEASAN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com. Sign up today at vsan.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vsan.com slash subscribe. Okay, so Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. We're going to talk Nuggets and Broncos with him. Broncos on a bye week. Nuggets trying to stay afloat without half their, <laughs> half their team. And then Ian St. Clair, PlayColorado.com. Talk a little betting here in the state of Colorado and then also get into the Jokic MVP train and the Broncos in the bye week. But let's get to Jokic. Let's get the Jokic MVP train on the move. You are watching one of the 75 all-time greatest players in the National Basketball Association right now. And you're watching him in the prime of his prime. The best player to ever suit up for the Denver Nuggets, and I'm telling you that right now. 
Let's talk about some Jokic and why he is so damn valuable. The other night in that loss to Dallas, without Barton, without Porter, and of course, Jamal Murray, Jokic scored or assisted. He was responsible for 50 of the 101 points that the Nuggets scored. Yes, they lost that game. But boy, it wouldn't have even been close if Jokic didn't do what he's doing. So 13 games this season. And I want to I wanna tell you exactly what per is, okay? Per. So what per does is it takes into account, you've got field goals, three-pointers, free throws, any way you can score, and then any way you can help scoring, assists, rebounds, blocks, steals. And then on the other side, it takes some bad stuff into account. Turnovers, missing shots, personal fouls. So normal average player in the NBA is at 15 per, okay? You got 15, you're average. One, you stink. 35.4, where Jokic is not only first in the league right now, no players finish the season that high. So what we're talking about with Nikola Jokic is the best passer in the game. He is shooting 38% plus on three-pointers. He's top six in scoring. He's second in rebounding. Are you come listen to this? This is absolutely amazing. And he's top 50 in steal and block rate. So not only is he this offense, he's also, and yes, you could say Jokic part of the system. Most defense, most players are part of a system defensively. He's blocking shots. He's stealing the ball. He's getting six more rebounds per 100 possession per. He's getting six more rebounds per 100 possessions to start the season. So why is Nikola Jokic not getting the love he deserves? He won the MVP last year. Here's the reigning MVP. And again, I say this. I really think nationally people think that Jokic backed into the MVP because of the injuries around him. Well, that would be unfortunate because that would be spitting on the accomplishments that he had last year. He was the most valuable player start to finish. Otherwise, he's not flashy. He's not the most athletic player. He's not LeBron. He's not Giannis. He's not Embiid. Even Doncic. He's not flashy like a Steph Curry. Number two, he looks like a big goofy white guy. Let's be honest. You know, Doncic looks like he's more put together. Quicker twitch. Shoots the ball from half court and hits. Well, not Jokic. And boy, can, can we just say thank you, Nikola Jokic, for taking care of your body? Because once he started to do that, we started seeing just how great Nikola Jokic can be. But it's not like he's the most aesthetically pleasing guy. Sure, I love watching him pass, but that's the sexiest part of his game. There's not too many other things that people at home go, oh, Nikola Jokic, that was amazing. We love it. We know it. But I think nationally, they look at Jokic and go, who? Who is this guy? And lastly, I think when you play in Denver, you need to make a really deep run to get the recognition you deserve. We saw Giannis do it. You know, the Greek freak finally getting Milwaukee through and getting into the finals and winning the championship. There's not a big history of success here in Denver. And I think once they break through, and hopefully that's with Jokic, things will change. 
Sixers at the Nuggets Thursday night and beat out with COVID likely doesn't play. So we'll see if Jokic and the boys can take down the Sixers at home on Thursday. Not going to give you any lines for this game because I want to know if Tybal and Embiid are going to play. And if they're not, you're going to see two watered down teams. And we're definitely leaning toward backing the Nuggets in that game. Let's talk more Jokic for MVP. Let's talk more Nuggets and get into the Broncos on the bye week with my guy Nate Kreckman from Altitude 92.5 next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Denver City Cats presented by Bet Rivers. It's Wednesday. That means Nate Kreckman's hanging out with me from Altitude 92.5. What time is that glorious afternoon drive show with you and Andy Lindhall? 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Tune in. Yes, tune in. Go listen to the boys as there's tomfoolery, Broncos, Avalanche, Nuggets. There's no reason to talk about the Rockies, is there? I mean, seriously, at this point, they're not going to do anything this offseason. It's just frustrating. Yeah, we can really we can talk about how they will do nothing and watch all the other teams around them do things. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Trevor Story will be all MVP or all MLB, but that probably isn't going to happen either. Nope. So let's go to that uh, the team that's actually winning, although they're hanging on by a straw, the Nuggets. And I think that it's not too early to start talking about Jokic for MVP. He needs it, actually, because it basically took, what, all the stars getting injured last year for the media to realize, the national media to realize how great this guy is? Yep. Somehow, some way, he's better right now. It's fascinating to me. Can you talk to me about where we are with Nikola Jokic? Because as I stated earlier in the show, I think he's one of the top 75 players in the game all time, and I think he's the best nugget to ever put the uniform on. Uh, he's on a different planet uh, right now. So here's just your counting stats, 26, 14, and 6. His PER at the moment, the uh, the player efficiency rating is the greatest in the history of the NBA. Um, I, I guess you could say sample size on that if you wanted to so far this year. But he is statistically having, by efficiency measures, the greatest season in the history of the NBA for any player ever. Um, again, we're only through 13 games so far. It, I guess his three-point shooting, nah, he had a good three-point shooting night the other night. He's back up to 39% from three right now. So I, you can't really find a criticism in his game anywhere. They just went 5-0 and on a homestand. Um, they had a scheduled loss the next night on the road at Dallas, third game in four nights, having to go on the road, second night of a back-to-back. Um, and he was brilliant in that game, but they didn't have Will Barton. They still don't have Porter. Um, so he, despite Jokic's brilliance, he was not able to carry his very injured team uh, to victory. Yeah, um, I, you know, to me, the MVP race right now, um, is is Steph Curry and Jokic and Durant and Giannis. And um, Steph probably has the narrative on his side a little bit for how he finished a year ago for the start that his team has gotten off to, that they still don't have Klay Thompson, that they don't have Wiseman, and they're doing what they're doing. 
Um, but Jokic is is right there in the conversation as well. He should be. Yeah, he's plus twelve hundred for MVP on Bet Rivers. I don't know how much better or worse that's going to get. And I just wonder what it's going to take for him. I mean, listen, he won the MVP, so obviously he got credit. He got he, he got noticed by the rest of the world. But it seems like we're just back to, oh, it's just Jokic again. Now all the stars are healthy. Now Steph's back. Now Durant's back. And it's just, and then I wonder why it is. Is it because the Nuggets have never just been great? Is it because he's a goofy-looking white guy that has a three-inch vertical? Like, what are some of the things you think that he doesn't get – Maybe some of the respect. Maybe he gets the respect, and I'm just not seeing it. Um, it, It's a great question. It, it's one we delve into on our show all the time. I do think aesthetics uh, play a part of it. You know, um, doughy, below-the-rim, big guy, uh, doesn't oftentimes get a lot of love for an MVP award. It doesn't look the same um, as what it typically does. But, you know, we... We've had back-to-back MVPs in recent years. Hell, we had a back-to-back Euro win it in Giannis uh, two consecutive seasons. Here's the other thing about Jokic. He's starting to defend, and and that was always kind of worked uh, against him was, well, he's not a rim protector. He's still not really a rim protector, but look at his defensive metrics, and the Nuggets are a top-five team in defensive rating in the entire NBA right now, and Jokic is no longer a net negative for what you are defensively. He's a net positive. Um, you know, Zach Lowe has, has featured this in his column a couple of times already this season. His movement and anticipation is absolutely fantastic. There's nobody in the league that can stop him from scoring. Uh, he's I, I, Why is he not getting more love for MVP? I guess we're 13 games into the season. <laughs> and, um, I, I guess I like the fact that right now he's still a good value at plus 1,200. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. Barton was out with the back, though. And at this point, I just don't know how this team could be successful if they have any of these other injuries. Porter's one, Murray's the other. But at this point, like if Barton goes down, this team's going to be in a lot of trouble, despite how great Jokic has been. Yeah, they really are. Um, they need the they need the scoring of Will Barton and, and what he brings to the floor. He's had a magnificent season. And, I mean, one of the reasons why Barton has played so well has been that he's been healthy, which he has not been in recent years. Well, okay, he's just missed back-to-back games with a with a lower back stiffness. All right, well, they you know they blew out Portland in the last game of the homestand, then went on the road to Dallas. Maybe that's a good chance to to schedule back-to-back nights off for Will Barton a little bit and get him healthy before they play Chicago and Philly on the back half of this week. Uh, but Barton has been terrific. They cannot sustain a long injury out of him. Bones Highland has been a revelation as a rookie, but he hurt his ankle. The other night, Zeke Naji popped a little bit. Uh, he hurt his ankle, so now we got to keep an eye on all of that. Uh, I mean, if you got to be starting Austin Rivers, that is a less than ideal situation for this team. And yeah, without Will, you start to worry where the scoring is going to come from because you know, as good as Aaron Gordon has been, and he really has been good, he's just not a consistently reliable scorer. So. Yeah, good on the Nuggets for banking those five wins on the homestand, and especially with winning that one game against Indiana where they didn't have Jokic. That that was big time. By the way, I kind of I was on that last week here on the CityCast. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be up to Jokic and his brilliance to carry this team and keep them a top-four seed in the Western Conference. But he's, he's as viable as any MVP candidate right now. How many minutes would you give Bull Bull? He did, I mean, he looked okay. For a couple of minutes. Yeah, it looked okay. Um, you know, 
in his in his eleven minutes out there. I said this yesterday on uh, on my show on Craigman and Lindall. Uh, Denver hasn't seen body language that bad since Jay Cutler. Bull, bull, bull. Maybe just try and look a little happier to be there. Uh, it, it wouldn't kill you. And you know, as as well as he played, I guess his seven minutes and eleven minutes, he was still collectively a minus nine in his time out on the floor. Michael Malone just doesn't trust him. He doesn't trust Bull Bull right now to to play some consistent minutes and. Um, I think as as more and more guys get healthy, I think Bull just slides right back to the bench. Okay, it's time now to get to the Broncos portion of the show as we're in the bye week now. So as I asked you last week, do you buy into this team? You said no, you don't. I, on the other hand, just wanted to uh, play like I was happy and there was still some hope because if I lie to myself, sometimes I am a happier individual. <laughs> They're completely screwed. There's no doubt about it. Their win total is eight and a half. It is heavily shaded to the under there. Um, what do we do here for the last seven weeks of the season? Because I guess at five and five, I could still lie to myself and say there's a chance. But what's happened in the final two months of the year now, Crackman? Tell me. Um, yeah, this uh, this team is, you know, what's most important for this, and I hate that we've already gone to this discussion and we're not even out of November yet, um, but, but what's happened with this team is that um, they're terribly mediocre and everything now goes to what George Payton is going to do in the offseason. So now it goes to... What's he going to do for a coach? And is he going to go after a free agent quarterback? Or is he going to go uh, try and get it in on the Aaron Rodgers, the the immunization sweepstakes with Aaron Rodgers? Is he going to go after Russell Wilson potentially? Um, or do they start looking at the first round of the draft and looking at uh, a Kenny Pickett or a Malik Willis or a Matt Terrell? I don't know. Name your favorite rando potential first round quarterback this year. And the Broncos could be in on that guy. Unfortunately, we don't necessarily have a great quarterback class coming out in this next draft but um you know it only takes one and it only takes finding one guy to be the absolute right fit you know i see you know for the broncos going forward they still got a still got detroit at home they should, they should beat the lions um you know chargers have looked vulnerable of late so you should be able to beat the chargers absolutely um you know, can can Fangio and his his brilliant defensive plans against Kansas City finally pay off for him? Maybe, maybe you got a victory going on right there. You know, if Bridgewater is mediocre for a couple of more games, maybe we get a Drew Lock start slid in there. I don't really see the point, but uh, um, that, that's a thing. <laughs> the problem is they're not bad enough. No. you never want to be in this in this situation. It's a predicament. You're going to win seven or eight games this year, right? They're they're going to win two or three more games. I yeah. don't think they're getting a nine. Seven and ten is not going to put you in the top, even seven or eight picks. Nope. Maybe not even in the top ten. Maybe maybe you're sitting there between nine, eleven, or twelve. So there, it's a problem. And teams are not going to lose. This is just not how it works. It's tough to tank in the NFL. First of all. The players usually don't want to tank. The coaches definitely don't want to tank. The general managers, I, I, I can't speak to them, but they're in, a, they're in a tough place here, and they're going to have to have a new coaching staff and a new quarterback next year, and I don't know how that's going to be a quick turnaround, Nate. It's, well, I, I really think there are some very good pieces to the puzzle here. There I, are. I do. There are. Running back, wide receiver, a couple offensive linemen, a couple defensive linemen. Corner. Get healthy at linebacker. Mm -hmm. Sertan's nice, but 
man, the, the, the gaping holes here going forward, it's just going to be, it's not a one-year fix to me is the pro unless it's Aaron Rodgers, it's not a one-year fix. Here's the good news is that, you know, you talk about them landing in that somewhere middle of the first round of the draft, which is probably where they're at, but uh, they do have 11 picks this upcoming season. They they got the Rams second and third in the Von Miller trade, which was super smart. Um, so they got five picks in the top 100. They've got some options there if they decide that there's a quarterback that they love and they want to move up. Now, here's the other little piece of good news. Jacksonville will have a higher pick than them. The Jets will have a higher pick than them. Um, the Bears could have a higher pick than them. So there's the possibility of moving up with teams that are already in on a young quarterback right now and could be potentially looking to collect some picks. So the Broncos, in the very least, have that going for them right now. And, you know, th this is the topic that we keep coming back to on our show is if they go in that direction and they draft a quarterback in the first round, let's say they take Willis out of Liberty in the first round, is it then wise to bring Teddy Bridgewater back on a one- or two-year deal and have him serve as the mentor? I know Teddy's gotten killed for the tackle attempt that wasn't and everything, but he really is widely respected in that locker room. He's widely admired uh, by his teammates. And Drew Locke talked about this in the summer during the quarterback competition. Teddy Bridgewater is a really good veteran teammate for younger quarterbacks. So, he could play that role really nicely and make himself a couple of bucks by staying here in Denver. That's, that is an option for them going forward right here. Um, but again, that takes finding the right coach, finding the right system, drafting the right player and making all of that work. Where was your official stance on Teddy gate after he, he said he screwed up? He did. And I think that he knew that he did. Um, look, he's still the best quarterback on the team. They, they have to play him. Um, so there's no, there's no need to go to Drew Locke right now. Let's not get too excited about Drew Locke. This is the guy that hid his tracking device in the corner of the room, and then the Broncos had to start Kendall Hinton against the Saints last year. So this dude is, uh, is not necessarily all team all the time either. Um, look, Teddy should have gotten in his way. That's his job. I don't think he was going to tackle Slay, but in the very least, just get your body in there. Uh, Teddy made a business decision. And uh, it was disappointing to see, but guess what? Dudes make business decisions all the time out on an NFL field. And uh, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Vic Fangio ran a film session on Monday pointing out a lot of dudes that didn't have great effort out on the field, not just Teddy. What he did was absolutely wrong, but, man, he's not the only Bronco that ever pulled up this year. What do you think about Peyton's job? So far, I mean, he made the Von Miller trade. That's a nice one. They got a bunch of picks. It seems yeah. like at least he has kind of kept the dysfunction at arm's length from the ownership situation. So how would you grade him out halfway through this year? So far, I mean, you got you have to grade it in the context of a six-year tenure because that's what he got, a six-year contract, and this was his first year on the job. And he ran a draft last year essentially by himself. He didn't have a scouting apparatus in place. Now, he hired out um, his front office staff, but he didn't do that until after the draft. He was using, um, you know, the old guys that were there that weren't really necessarily his people, and yet – He's got six guys from this draft class right now that are playing critical roles on this team. Um, he also, like we talked about, he's compiled uh, 11 draft picks for this upcoming year. And the Broncos have um, and will have 
top four salary cap space in the NFL this upcoming offseason. Like, there is no team in the league that has as much flexibility as Denver does. So, um, literally everything that they could do this upcoming offseason in reconstructing their roster is on the table. You want to take a swing at Aaron Rodgers? You've got the ammunition to do it. You want to take a swing at Russell Wilson? you got the pieces to do it. You want to draft a quarterback in the first round and move up and get yourself in the spot where you know you'll get the guy you want? They absolutely have the ammunition to be able to do it. Um, now, you just got to do all those things and, and execute them well and actually find good players. But in terms of setting yourself up to do that, that part of the process, he's done a really, really good job. Um, we're going to leave it with this. I know you like to have fun on your show. Matt Stafford's wife called herself an idiot for throwing a pretzel at a 49ers fan. Uh, so at least we don't have pretzel gate here. We got Ted talks, Teddy talks, but we don't have pretzel gate. So my question for you would be, have you ever thrown anything at a player or another fan in a stadium? Because I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. I'm going to be completely upfront with you. All right. I was at a baseball game in Atlanta, Georgia, many, many, many years ago. And this guy would not sit down. He would not shut up. And I threw a, uh, a half full Coke at him and soaked about 12 people, by the way. And my parents were told to take this individual out. Now, I'm sure Matt Stafford's wife didn't get booted out of the game. But throwing pretzels at fans, unacceptable. She has got to be fined. Have you ever thrown anything at a sporting event? I mean, I will say this for your case, Holden. Throwing a Coke at somebody at a Braves game is still less offensive than the tomahawk chop. Uh, so I give you credit <laughs> for that. I think that was pre-tomahawk <laughs> chop, too. It was Ugh. so bad that at the time they had a guy by the name of Chief Nakahoma, who they ended up uh, obliterating before the name or before the chop. So <laughs> just so you know. You've never thrown anything? Uh, I cannot recall ever having thrown something at somebody during a game other than insults um mm. I, i've certainly done that um but yeah i, I don't recall ever having thrown i the other thing too is like ballpark food beer soda all of that um i just uh i work in radio man i don't i don't make enough to go throwing that stuff around that's that's gold yeah. uh, so i do not recall ever having done that although as soon as you said this story i immediately thought of the simpsons episode where uh, Marge has the pretzel wagon, and she's giving out free pretzels to everybody at the baseball game. And then Mr. Burns wins the minivan, and the fans all throw the pretzels out on the field, which I think was, like, right after the 94 strike. Remember the start of the 95 season? where like No, because I didn't watch. Yeah, I watched was, one game that year. It one was, game. Um, it was the Cal Ripken game. Every stadium in baseball that year, there was an incident with the fans showering the free giveaway out on the field, I think at Wrigley, it was like uh, it was like the magnet schedules. Uh, everybody just turned those things into frisbees and started firing those out onto the field. I think in one ballpark, they given away like a free baseball, and the fans just started raining those things down on the field. Um, but yeah, I, I can't say. And granted, man, I've imbibed a lot at certain games over the years. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I can't remember ever having thrown something at somebody during a game. That's unfortunate. You should try it. Some... <laughs> it's a missed opportunity for me. You, you should try it sometime. It's very liberating. Very, very liberating. Actually, you're, you know, for me, I was just a kid. I think we were visiting town and that, that ended up happening, but 
uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you want to talk to one of your little kids, and as they get older, they can do the dirty work for you. Nate Crackman, as always, great to catch up with you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving watching football or doing whatever it is. Are you a gravy guy, yay or nay? Yes, you you soak the plate in gravy. Stuffing? Uh, naturally, of course. Ugh. What? What's wrong with yeah. stuffing? It's just bread with horrible little spices. Like, what is that, basil or some garbage they put in there? It's disgusting. Yeah, and then you, you dunk gravy all over it, and it turns into glop, and it's delicious. Uh, we're going to leave on a disagreement here between Nate and I. Make sure you check him out. Two to six weekdays on Altitude 92.5. I'll talk with Ian uh, St. Clair, PlayColorado.com. And we got a lot to talk about. He is... Uh, yeah, we're talking about the Nuggets and the Avs and how more than half the city can't watch them, but we'll also talk about the Broncos in a bye week and continue to talk about Jokic for MVP. Nate Kreckman, thank you. I'm Holden. We'll be back in a minute on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Thanks to Nate Kreckman for hopping on. Ian St. Clair, every Wednesday, go to playcolorado.com. Nobody is running better than Ian St. Clair right now. And you can't see him, but he's in his beautiful little avalanche fleece right there. It's just wonderful to see you because yeah, that's one of the two teams that can actually win games here in Denver. Hello, my friend. Hello, Holden. And I'm wearing the avalanche fleece because it actually feels like winter in Colorado now instead of we're, we're testing Vegas for like 70 degree weather in middle middle November. Hasn't that been bizarre? Like I woke up this morning. I thought I was going to be another 70 degree day. And at least we had some flurries. It was nice. I had snow flurries to look at. But this has been sorry. I know we're a sports betting thing, but if you had to bet on the weather, I would bet that this probably isn't going to happen again anytime soon. Although it does seem a lot warmer out here the last few years, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I, I was stoked that we actually had a real Colorado fall this this year, as opposed to like going from summer directly to winter. So, and it's funny, you mentioned betting on the weather. When sports betting launched in Colorado, when we had the coronavirus pandemic ongoing and there were no sports, that was actually one of the things that you could place a wager on was the weather <laughs> you know what did you win any money no and you said no one is running better than me my bet slips would disagree with you on that but to each Wait, their own well let me be honest with you i i did very well on the broncos last week but this has been the last three weeks of the nfl have been three of the most challenging weeks that i've ever seen You've got the Broncos win over the Cowboys. I mean, that's just the local thing. We had, what, the Bucks losing to the Washington football team? Are you kidding me? The Jaguars beat the Bills, if I'm correct there. There's You're no out, other you ones. Are. Yeah, so. The Jets beating the Bengals a couple of weeks ago oh, with Mike yeah, White. So this, and now Mike White's not even, everyone's like, 
Mike White is the quarterback for the Jets, and now he's not even starting. And old friend of the Broncos, Joe Flacco, is going to be starting this week. Broncos legend Joe Flacco getting the, the start. And then watch, watch be elite them win status. this football game. <laughs> it's, it's amazing what we've seen in the NFL so far. And I want to get into the bye week talk here with the Broncos. We've got to get into Jokic too. But the more people I talk to here in town, the less people I realize are actually watching the two best teams in town, the Nuggets and the Avalanche. So my kids, their mother took them to a game, an Avalanche game last week. And in their house, they don't have any chance to watch altitude TV. They just don't have it. They've never watched a game on television. They just, they're young kids. They don't watch much TV, but there's only one other market that I see where you can't watch the games of your favorite team unless you go out of your way to do so. And that's Los Angeles where two thirds of the city do not have the cable provider that they need to watch the Dodgers who are in the mix to win the world series every year. Well, now here in Denver, we've got a really good Nuggets team. Who knows what's going to happen this year? Maybe Porter and Murray come back and all of a sudden this is a super team. The Avalanche loaded with talent. Man, this they you, the fans really do get screwed here in town. I wish there was more buzz about the Nuggets and the Avalanche, but I think a lot of that has to do with ownership. And just to, not that anyone needs a reminder, but we are on three years of this contract dispute between Cronky Sports Entertainment, Altitude TV, and Comcast and Dish. Three years. My podcast co-host, I do a Denver Broncos podcast. He lives in the Chicagoland area. We joke all the time. He has watched more Avalanche games in the last three years than I have. And I live in the Denver metro area, which is insane. And the figure that is interesting to me to tie this back to sports betting is I've been curious at how much this is impacting live betting because Comcast is by far the biggest cable provider in, the, in Colorado. And people cannot watch the Denver Nuggets or the Colorado Avalanche. That has to have an impact on the live betting aspect of this. And that is anytime you talk to operators, Bet Rivers, especially any of the major operators, live betting is the future of sports betting in the U.S. Whether or not it's similar or they take and, and mold and build on what's going on in Europe, that's the future. And now you can't do it because most of the people have Comcast, so they can't watch Jokic. They can't watch Nathan McKinnon, Nazem Kadri, Kale McCarr, a favorite for the Norse Trophy this year. And it's just, it's maddening. Just come to an agreement. I've written about this ad nauseum at playcolorado.com. Just come to an agreement. Stan Kroenke is worth over $5 billion. Comcast is a multi-billion dollar company. Dish is a multi-billion dollar company. Come to some sort of an agreement because the only people getting screwed are the fans. So I did a live betting show um, for for a competitor for VEASAN. And they always used to say this to me and I used to bring it up. Well, here in Denver, well over half of the residents have no access to the Avalanche and the Nuggets game. 
And I guess one night we had that bomb cyclone or whatever the hell it hit. And he's like, oh, Denver sounds like a great place to live. Great spot. I said, listen, it's an amazing place to live. But the problem is, is that the two best teams, you just can't watch them. And you can listen on the radio. I think you mentioned that in your article. You can listen to the radio all you want. But when I'm live betting, there's a couple of different things that go through my mind. First of all, I would like to see the game. You know, I can look at scores and break it down, but I'm a, I'm a heavy volume live better. I've done live betting shows. And if you're not watching the game, yes, it, it really does hurt. So that's the first thing. The second thing would be, I get it. It's billions of dollars. The owners, Cronky uh, has billions of dollars too. He owns an NFL team with the Rams. I'm going to take that out. There must be a way that they're profiting big time out of this because they wouldn't battle over nickels and dimes if they weren't already making enough money to where they could push everybody else aside. Like if you got an Xfinity, like Comcast or Dish, and then you look at a population base. First of all, there's a lot of people out there that can't afford cable. That's just to begin with. There's exactly. a lot of people that can't afford cable. People that have it or they have satellite, they're like, oh yeah, you know, every no, 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 not everybody has it. A lot of people don't have it. That's the first thing. The second thing is how many people really want to go out of their way to go to a cable operator that's going to bring it in, especially young people that have cut the cord. You know, the NBA is a young person's game, Ian. A lot of the viewership is from people under the age of 35. A lot of those people are streaming. I just wonder how much it hurts the buzz here in town. Do you notice that it hurts the buzz? It's obviously all Broncos. But if you're trying to get a larger share of the pie of the sports market here in town, you got to let people see it. And I personally think it's really hurt the buzz of both of these teams. 100%. I mean, everyone who lives in Colorado for any number of, uh, of, of time knows that this is the Denver Broncos town. It will always be that way. It's been that way since the mid-70s when the Orange Crush showed up. But now you have to adapt. And the NBA is doing that. They're they're getting games onto streaming services. They're allowing the younger population, knowing that there are people cutting. I mean, the cutting the court has been going on for years now. But the fact that these other leagues aren't adjusting and getting up to that speed is absolutely having an effect on this. And one of the things that you'll hear from people is that, well, you can get direct TV streamed. Well, at the same point, you have to pay for the internet to do the streaming. And the best internet provider at this point, at least in my opinion, is Xfinity Comcast. They have the best internet. So now you're going to pay for DirecTV to get the streaming, but then you have to pay Comcast to get the internet. That's what I had to do. And so, I mean, just get a streaming service, get I'll get the NHL up to speed, get their games on streaming, Get a, get a deal with Hulu, get a deal with somebody to get these games accessible to the fans who don't have cable or don't want a satellite dish. And until that happens, this is going to continue because neither at this point, neither Comcast or Cronky Sports Entertainment is going to give in. Until they're forced to do so, they're just not going to do it. They don't want to be seen as the loser in all of this. And the loser is going to continue to be the fans who can't watch either the Nuggets or the Avs. Well, I'll also say this, as far as live betting goes, you can't live bet on streams. So it is very difficult to live bet 
streaming because you're you're anywhere from 15 to 30 seconds behind. The books already have a massive advantage over you, Ian. The books have a massive advantage because somehow, some way, they get this magical feed as the game is actually happening. So they've already got the advantage over you live betting. And now you want to add another 15 to 30 seconds onto that. Right. So this is where the whole live betting conversation comes in. And I don't know how much you do it, but you have to have a game plan going in. So let's say Nuggets minus four going into the game. Okay, I know the other team. Let's just say they're playing the Bulls. I know that the Bulls are going to end up going on a run, and then I can get the Nuggets. Maybe there's a there's a number I like at plus four. Maybe it swings that much to where I get in. You really have to get creative to bet the Nuggets and the Avalanche just because the chances that you're not streaming them are not very high. You're usually watching them on a stream if you don't have access to a gigantic set or a little satellite that you can put out of your house. It's amazing. It, it, it's frustrating. It, it, and I know that you. Yep. it drives you nuts and it drives everybody else nuts here. And even if you don't live bet, just being able to watch it. But I, yeah. I, I've been joking with some of my coworkers on, can you imagine live betting off the radio? Like you can't even watch it, but you're just doing it based on following the stats like on like some of the sports books that they'll have live updates or you can do it on ESPN like on the fantasy app like I'll, I'll follow the games that way if I since I don't have NFL red zone or any of that so I'll follow the games that way but live betting it that way I cannot imagine live betting through the radio or just following through updates on an app that just seems like a, a huge waste of time and a huge advantage for the books. So yeah, I mean, it's just the, the books already have an advantage to begin with. And now you add in the fact that most people can't live bet it. So that obviously has an impact on them. But as you mentioned with the stream, you're about 15 seconds behind what's going on. Yeah. And, and the only other advice I'd give you, if you're live betting, wait till the breaks, because that's when you can catch up. Yes. You don't, you don't want to, if you're not watching a game, and even sometimes when you're watching a game live, your, your feed's still going to be a little bit behind. So wait till the breaks, wait till the timeouts, and then you want to get it in. Go in with These are my two live betting tips for anybody listening right now. Have a game plan going in where you want the line to go and where you want to hit it, and wait till the breaks. Simple as that. It really is simple as that. But we're definitely at a disadvantage here in Denver because a lot of the fans just don't get to watch it. They don't get like how many people that you know that are sports Denver sports fans don't get a chance to watch those games. I'd say over fifty percent, wow. just just based on social media interactions, and obviously social media is not the real world. But mm -hmm. if you take if that's a snippet of it, I have no doubt that over fifty percent of the population in Denver cannot watch the Nuggets or the Avalanche, which is just insane to me. It's killing them. And the other interest, I'm just looking at um, at home attendance here. <clears throat> you would think with the reigning MVP and a team that many think are going to be at least in the mix, that they would be in the top half of attendance. Their home attendance, 16-2-9-2, is 16th out of 30 teams. I, I also think it hurts them attendance-wise, you know? Yeah, I because mean, maybe there's big there's bigger venues you can go to. So let's look at the percentage of capacity. <clears throat> Not good. The percentage of capacity is 83.5%. That's 21 out of 30 teams, Ian. 
And if everybody could watch this, these games on TV, I think they probably fill it up into the mid nineties. So somebody's crunching numbers with, with Kroenke saying this is worth it. But I think the vision is just short-sighted and you're going to have a generation of kids now that are trying to watch the nuggets that are just not going to be able to get into them long-term avalanche the same way. And they'll become fans of different teams because you have people from California moving here, go to a Rockies game at Coors field mm -hmm. and you will see Dodger blue. You may see Dodger blue and the Dodgers aren't even playing, <laughs> but you'll see Cardinal red. You'll see uh, cub blue. So if you're having kids who are being raised in Colorado, who may want to be Nuggets or Avs fans, well, they're going to follow their parents now and potentially be Lakers fans or Warriors fans or Bulls fans or wherever else they're coming from. They're going to be fans of these teams now because they can't watch the Avs or the Nuggets. And I, I agree with you. It is completely short-sighted. The fact that this is going on three years, I still can't wrap my head around. Because at some point you have to realize the fans are what pay your bills. If fans don't show up, you're not going to make money, not just for ticket sales, but for parking, for concessions. That's where teams make their money is through con through concessions with overpriced $10 beers. So if people aren't showing up to do that, I mean, it is completely short-sighted. And, and the thing is, what's so frustrating about it is I don't see an end in sight. That, that's really frustrating. Again, there must be somebody counting the numbers up there that says we can do it, get away with it, and not take a big hit. But logic to me, you just laid it out too. You get a lot from ticket sales. You get a lot from concessions. You get a lot from parking. And really, I, I think this is damaging the fan base longer term. And maybe that's not something that they're looking at. Okay, that's number one. That's the number one thing to get to. Can we talk about Jokic for MVP for a second here? Absolutely. Again? Because it's time. It's, I, I, it's I absolutely time to, agree. Yeah, let's bring it up early in the season. So this year, instead of waiting for everybody nationally to see the stars go down and injured, and they say, oh, that's why he won the MVP. Let's get this train rolling right now. I believe Nikola Jokic is one of the 75 greatest players of all time. We talk about the guys that were snubbed. I believe that this is the best player to ever suit up for the Nuggets. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I can't tell you you're wrong. I, I, if he's not the greatest Nugget, I mean, I, I, I've told you this on, on this show before. I grew up watching the Nuggets at Old McNichols Sports Arena. So watching Alex English, I have always felt Alex English is one of the most undervalued players in NBA history, given the fact that he wasn't even on the NBA 75 list. But I, I no, I mean, Nikola Jokic is arguably one of the greatest centers to ever play the game. He's just that good. He is, I mean, he's he's like the modern Dirk Nowitzki. He can shoot the three-pointer. He can do things in the paint. He does things that we haven't seen before. And what's impressive about Nikola Jokic is as good as he was last year in an MVP season, he's even better at this point at this season. So the MVP is absolutely in Nikola Jokic's range. The problem is Steph Curry. What Steph Curry is doing with the, with the Golden State Warriors right now 
people are going to just clamor onto that and lose sight of what Nikola Jokic is doing, which is unfortunate because I, I think what both are doing is special. Well, he's got more points, rebounds, and assists per game by Steph uh, over Steph Curry, 46-42. Curry's the guy that's going to get all of the, the love nationally. Everybody loves Steph Curry. I love Steph Curry. I love watching him play. The Warriors, the Warriors, really good team. Plus 250 for Steph Curry right now. I'm seeing Jokic at plus 1,200 on BetMGM. The value is there for Jokic. He's scoring more. He's got he's got more rebounds. His per I mean everything as far as per goes. My goodness, um, field goals, free throws, rebounds, everything. So yeah, I think Jokic deserves more talk nationally. So my question, and, and this is why I I said earlier in the show, this is why I said he's not getting as much love. A he plays in Denver. I know that it doesn't mean as much, but. You know, Giannis was getting all his attention there. Giannis was, a, they call him a Greek freak for a reason. He's a freak of nature. He's exciting to watch. Nobody's ever done what he's done before. Second of all, Jokic just looks like a big, goofy white guy. He's not athletic. That, you know, you're laughing, but seriously, he just looks goofy. He's not going to sit there and, and dunk like you want him to dunk. He has a three-inch vertical. He's just not flashy, and it pisses me off that right now, Jokic is not getting talked about as much as Steph Curry. It's just, it's not flashy like Steph Curry. And that's where I sit on this, Ian. And th that's the reason that he's not being talked about because Nikola Jokic is one of those old school guys who wants to do his talking on the court. And he just wants his play to do his talking. He doesn't want to do the, the jersey thumping, like point at me, look at me, look how great I am. That's not Nikola Jokic. He wants his play to do the talking for him. And that's why he's not going to be in the discussion. And it's unfortunate. I hate it. But it, what's so funny about it is everyone laughs because he really isn't that athletic. He He's like, when you watch him, you're like, that's the guy that you would see at the YMCA. The good thing about it is he doesn't have the beer belly now. At least he's a little bit fitter than he was a couple of years ago. But, I mean, the, the shots that he throws up consistently, that's what he does. That's just how he plays. And the fact that he isn't on TV in, in this market is a big reason for that. But also because Denver has never been one of those NBA cities that people care about. Any of the talking heads at any of the major networks will always gloss over Denver, mainly because they've never won an NBA championship, never been to the NBA finals. As soon as that changes that will get Nikola Jokic attention because he will have done something that no one else has done. Now I get it as the Denver Rockets, they won an ABA title, but that was 50 years ago. Nobody was alive. Nobody that we know is alive for that. Exactly. And so it's frustrating. It will always be frustrating, but as long as the nuggets are there, and I think the biggest case that you can make for Nikola Jokic is that when you take him off the court, the Nuggets stink. Like, they are just no good without Nikola Jokic on the court. And you could probably do the same with the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. But it is blatantly obvious when Nikola Jokic is not on the court that Denver Nuggets legitimately have no shot. Ian St. Clair, PlayColorado.com. Some final thoughts here on the 
on the Denver Broncos is we're here in a bye week. <clears throat> you and I will get really get into this next week. We're going to sit down for a nice hour, talk about the Broncos in a bye, catch up on some nuggets, maybe even talk some avalanche as well. But this is bad. Last week, they gave us a little hope. We could talk about, hey, they beat the Cowboys. Now you got an inferior team coming into town. They absolutely laid an egg. The quarterback decided to take a playoff. Uh, it's just, it, it's bad. And the chances of them now playing meaningful games the last three or four weeks of the season are starting to shrink big time. Where are you on the Broncos when they come out of the bye? And where are you on Teddy from last week? Because that was a big problem. I personally think the issues in the red zone and the lack of consistent explosive plays is an even bigger problem long-term and from earlier in the season. But start with Teddy and give me a bye week breakdown. So I think the biggest issue that people have with Teddy Bridgewater is they can excuse a lack of execution. It's harder to do it with lack of effort. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be something that follows Teddy Bridgewater now for as long as he's in Denver. The thing that I liked about it is he owned up to it. He, he manned up and said, I have to be better. I should have done better. When I look at Melvin Gordon, and I said this on my podcast, the fact that he, the $9 million running back, can't hold on to the football in that situation. But then after the game and then leading up to the news conferences, doesn't man up and own up to it like Teddy Bridgewater did. That's one of the biggest issues that I have with Melvin Gordon. So I think it's going to follow Teddy Bridgewater. And I, it, like I said, it's the lack of effort, not the, not the execution of it because you can excuse bad effort or bad, bad execution or bad plays. And I think I'm with you. I think it's, the lack of consistency in the red zone, which has followed this team since Peyton Manning retired. In terms of the bye week, it just feels like the same song, different verse for the last five years. And if you look at the remaining schedule, they have one legitimate game they can win. They have the Chargers twice. They have the Chiefs twice. They have the Bengals. The only game that I can legitimately see them as the favorite is against the Lions. And even I'm hesitant to do that. I mean, they should beat the Lions, <laughs> but I, I just, this team is so maddening and it starts at the top. There is no accountability. The fact that Tom McMahon is still the special teams coordinator for this team is insane to me. But there is no accountability. There's no leadership at the top. And that has been what has led to this mess with the Broncos. For the last five years, you can tell that Pat Bowen is gone. There's no owner at the top. There's no one to drive this ship to hold people accountable. And until that changes, nothing is going to change with this team because it's the same song, different verse from the last five years. You would think they could maybe take one from the Chargers, maybe beat the Raiders, maybe beat the Lions, maybe beat the Chiefs, but we're, what really is telling us that's going to happen, right? Probably not going to happen. Nothing. So, and I, it's unfortunate. And you, you mentioned the losing streak to the Chiefs. This is something that I, I, I just, I, I still can't believe. The Denver Broncos have not beaten the Kansas City Chiefs since week two of the 2015 season. That was the last time 11 the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Week two. 
that magical Monday night game where Bradley Roby picks up the fumble and runs it back for a late touchdown. That was the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. Well, I don't know if it's happening again. I think that if this if this version of the Chiefs is not the version that we saw last week against the Raiders, then maybe it can end this year, but I have a hard time believing it until I see it. Ian, wonderful to see you again. Again, we're going to do a full one-hour Broncos bye week next week. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Nuggets some more. Maybe we can complain uh, about a lot of people not watching the Nuggets and the Avs again. Why don't you plug the, the site, give us a little background on you and how people can follow you on social media. PlayColorado.com is your one-stop shop for news, analysis, opinion on all things sports, betting, and gambling in Colorado to help make you a safer and smarter better. And with me, I, I'm a lifelong Denver Broncos fan, a third-generation Colorado native, so I've, I've been around this. I've, I've lived through uh, the John Elway era and then going through to Tim Tebow and then magically Peyton Manning shows up, so... Uh, I've I've lived a lot uh, through a lot of the the ups and downs of Colorado sports. Well, there were more there were more uh, peaks than valleys with the Broncos. At least the problem uh, is you know, the Nuggets need to make a run, the Avs need to make a run, and I don't know. Sometime in the next twenty years, maybe the Rockies will get back to a position where they can get to the playoffs too. That would be nice. Ian, thanks so much for hopping on. I want to thank Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5 as well. I'll be back on Friday, breaking down some more bye week uh, thoughts on the Broncos. And we'll also talk some nuggets as well and preview the weekend that will be in the NFL. For Ian, for Nate, and Steven, our producer, I'm Holden Kushner. Thanks for listening to the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.